Hello, everybody. Glad to see you and speak to you once again here on Inside LAFC. This is our Inside LAFC Transfer Extravaganza. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Well, <laughs> did you just do the thing that people told you not to do anymore? What's that? You're just over-pronouncing your yeah. Latin. Yep. Guess what? I did a game yeah. with Portland in it, and shortly thereafter, I get tweets saying to chill out on the pronunciation. Doesn't happen with any other team. I'm just saying, I love the city. I love the team. I love everything about the Timbers. But every time I do a Timbers game, that's what I get. Is there a way you can over... Here from Minnesota. Is there a way you can overpronounce? Like standard names, like Jones. How how would you overpronounce Jones? Well, I mean, Jones is a very popular Welsh name, and I think of Tom Jones, like Jones. Oh, strong. You could do that. Yeah, I think you should start. Hello, my name is Tom Jones, and I am from Clamboth, Wales. Next, start next match. Yeah, start doing that. See, if- my issue with that is like uh, it's wrong. It is wrong, and that's not crazy. The one that drives them crazy, they have a player called Dairon Aspria. I could go Aspria. But you know, I learned my broadcasting. My teachers were Argentine, and they were Tino Asprilla was big. And he goes Tino Asprilla. I go, how could I resist not saying it like that? Yeah, right. Wait, but t- he's Colombian, right? So is the Argentine way of pronouncing it the? No? They're right. They're right on this They're one, right. probably. Okay, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying Asprilla, but it's not wrong. But it's uh, it's interesting to see that. But you know, uh, Derek Ray, for instance, when he calls games. Maybe he overdoes it sometimes. I don't think he gets criticism, but I enjoy it when he has German names. It's like yeah. every consonant, every vowel is pronounced the right way. Why wouldn't you? English pronouncers generally pronounce the French names because so many French players and African players of French extract in the Premier League that they say their names Lacazette. That's the only one I could come up with. But you know, baguette and a cigarette in their hand. Uh, David Ginola. <laughs> oh, I love my David favorite, Ginola. My favorite French player of all time. Well, you have fantastic hair. Yes. He was, he was just, the man. He was the... Throw out a French name. It's a good French pronunciation. Come on. I can't even think of one. Emmanuel Petit. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun game. We'll play it another day. Yeah. Because this is the transfer extravaganza. Transfer extravaganza. I just had to bring that up because you, you, rolled, yeah. you rolled your R and I saw it and it, yes. it offends me <laughs> because I'm, I'm so... I'm I'm so anti somebody not pronouncing somebody's name correctly that when somebody gives you guff yeah. about not doing it right, I'm like, what? Who are you? Like, wh- where did you come from? <laughs> one fan with ten the followers. One, the one that drives people the most because the Brazilian names uh, they pronounce letters very differently than they would in Portugal. And when I there was a guy Grafite, mm-hmm. and when he would play, it's Grafite. It was his proper way of saying it, and people would lose it, and I just stopped saying it because Philippe Cochino can't say that. Fred, you know how you say Fred? How? Fredgy. 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 Well, I remember the great Tim Vickery <laughs> on the uh, I think it was on awesome. the, on the uh, the phone in show. The the I can't even think of the name right now, but he was talking about how uh, the Brazilians would pronounce Jonathan Woodgate, and it's Woodgate. <laughs> So <laughs> there are problems all over the world in how you pronounce okay. names pr- I, I know properly. We're, I know, I know we're going, going, going too, too far. I got, to do, I got one more. I was in Brazil, and I don't know why. I was in a cab, and I, I saw this uh, a, a billboard, and it was Shrek 2. And then I saw it, and I was trying to have some small talk with the driver. I go, hey, do you know Shrek 2? Is that movie coming? I saw Shrek 2. He goes, huh? Shrek? I go, Shrek 2. So lo and behold, there's another bus goes by, and there's a bill, the little the, the, the poster of the movie there. I go, that, that. And he goes, oh. Oh, Shreky. <laughs> I 
I like Shrek. Shrek 2. She was Shrek 2. Shrek 2. Shrek 2. It sounds amazing. I need to name a dog that. That is a great. Actually, I'm gonna, if we get a second dog, I'm going to tell little Maxie we're going to call him Shreki Doish. I think that's a great name. That is a good name. It just rolls off. Uh, so anyway, real quickly, was in Minnesota. You're alive. I blew somehow. a gasket yeah. because I've been sick all week, and then I called a game, and then I destroyed my throat, but I'm here because I love doing this with Vince. just want to say really quickly, the Allianz Field is spectacular. It's not as big. It's about 19,000 seats. as uh, Bank of California Stadium. It has a canopy, not as incredible of a canopy. It doesn't have the premium features, but it's very nice. And I just think it's great that we have enough stadiums that are of that caliber. They have their north end, 3252, the Wonder Wall, the wall. They do a nice job, too. So it's really cool. If we had that in like half, if not more stadiums, this a lot of problems would be glossed over at this league. Yeah, imagine if we were just saying these are just the norm. Like, ah, it's just another place to go. Like, I'm excited to go there. Just, I mean, I think there's going to be a good traveling contingent at the end of September because hopefully we'll be celebrating, you know, Supporter Shield or something else. The way we're going, we might be celebrating it well before. But Yes. Um, yeah, could you imagine if it was just another trip? Like, oh, yeah, we've been there, done that. No, no, it's important. By the way, I'm calling a lot of games in the back end of the year. And I want them to mean something, and they will if they clinch the supporter shield. I'm not putting the cart before the horse. Before that, there's still a lot of history that they can certainly make. We'll get we'll talk about it in a later podcast. But let's get into the transfer. I want to do an umbrella comment really quick about okay. the league. Yeah. I've never seen a summer like this. This was the best window, maybe summer or winter I've ever seen. No, I'll just keep it at summer for now. You think of the players that have been added to this league. Uh, I'll start with the Galaxy. Christian Pavone started alongside Lionel Messi in the last World Cup. So maybe he's not the same player, but that's a guy who's coming into this league. Youth internationals of the highest order added for so many clubs when you think of what LAFC have added, Brian Rodriguez and Diego Palacios. And Diego Palacios firming up as we speak. And Thomas Chacon at Minnesota. There's a lot of good young players. Gustavo Bo goes to New England. It was like one after... Um, uh, Kirkich goes to Montreal. This was a guy who was regarded very... I mean, he's not that player, but that's, still... That's the one, like, old-school MLS transfer, right? Yeah. Like, oh, we heard about this guy. Didn't he play for Barcelona? Yeah, like six years ago. But yeah, well, I, I just... It was exciting. exciting. Even just the rumors when you see a mess at Ozil, and I don't know how much you can talk about that with DC United after the Wayne Rooney news. Really exciting stuff, because the silly season, as they call it in England, is ex- sometimes as exciting. The NBA offseason is sometimes as exciting as the league, and now MLS has that with the in-season transfer and the off-season, this is really cool. It makes it a year-round league. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Well, we told you, right? We said right here, LAFC for sure is getting a DP. No, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> kind of. I mean, the funny thing we is- We had a feeling of the direction they would go. Yeah, we had a feeling. Well, we yeah, we knew the type of player they were going to get. All those people that wanted like a Daniel Sturridge, who was available. Uh, they were aiming higher. Daniel look, De Rossi. Yeah, look, D- Daniel Sturridge is a fine player. Uh, and but you're going to be paying him for just what he's doing now, Brian Rodriguez. You're paying him for what he's going to do for the team and what he's going to bring to the team in notoriety. I love the the kind of pipeline we've created from Penarol. I mean, there's something that's up, a good club to be affiliated. Yeah, with. great club to be affiliated and great country to be affiliated affiliated with. I mean, Uruguayan players have this uh, kind of air around the world. Is like they can go anywhere and they have the mentality to kind of pick it up. Whereas, look, I I like Argentine players. But they don't always get along in places. Yeah. Brazilians, they don't always get along in certain places. That's so, a good point. So it's kind of cool that that we are finding little things. And, and the Colombian players, the same. We have these kind of pipelines through, through 
uh, Juan Pablo Angel and uh, Victor De Los Santos, who the the South American scouts, um, they go, they watch these guys for long, extended periods. So when we said, oh, we don't think they're getting a DP, the, in the back of their mind, they always knew that there might be a guy available because, again, they don't just decide, ah, we should go. We should go get a DP today. There's no like, it's not like after a game, they're like, like oh, hey, we didn't, fans are yeah, we didn't score a goal. Restless. Yeah, I know, I know how we all work, right? We look at a game and go, oh, we could have used a guy that could really finish a chance here today. Maybe we should go get a DP tomorrow. That's not exactly how they look. And Brian Rodriguez, for all intents and purposes, looks like a guy that, that could help today, but doesn't have to, which is awesome. Sure is. We'll have Will Kuntz later. Did I say that already? Will no. Kuntz, no, okay. Will Kuntz, who's a lovely guy. He's the assistant GM, VP of soccer operations. Highly regarded in multiple sports in this country. We'll talk about where he thinks uh, these two new players will fit in and what they'll be able to provide and when. Those are all important questions. But uh, to talk about Uruguay, I'm, I'm always fascinated by uh, uh, the geography and the and sometimes... You, you love the population stat. We've yeah, talked about I love this the and pop- I hate it. I love the population stat. Not just that, but the way that countries are because and you see that manifested in the way they play football or soccer and you know the the German you know mm-hmm. Mannschaft the Brazilian sensuality for lack of a better word with the way they play and it applies to every country in Uruguay which is a very small country if you don't know it's nestled in between Argentina and Brazil it's t- it's maybe the smallest South American country of the 10 Comebol members it is I'll have to check all the actual countries on the continent but I think that creates a camaraderie with those teams and those players that it's, you know, we are small. We, we know that. And we know that they're the players know that the players know that they have to represent because no one wants to be a black bark on that country. I know no one wants to fail anything, but I think Uruguayans really get that in a certain way from the Uruguayans I've spoken to who play, who cover the sport as well. Well, funny you brought that up. I have a little inside information uh, about that. See, I didn't go population to, all the way. I talked Let's to go. Uh, Max Odenheimer, who's who's always yeah, handing us good stats and good little bits of information. About success rates? Uh, no, I just I asked him. I was right, like, sorry, what? What? Kind of? Well, no, in a roundabout way. Yeah, I did actually because I was just like, what? I don't get it. Like, what is Oscar Tabaras doing that like is is making these teams An incredible so good. tenure? And you know what he told me was they actually it's the way that they're set up. So these kids when they're playing with their club teams at fourteen, fifteen. They'll play with their club teams maybe like Thursday through Sunday, but they go to the National Training Center and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're with the Uruguayan youth ranks. So that's why all these guys are just, they know the style of play, they're assimilated from the get-go. So they spend some time with the national team and some time with their club team every week. So it's not like, you know, we're having this conversation in the United States right now where it's like, could you at least give a guy like a call or maybe text them? And they've gone one better. They're like, no, we're not just doing that. They're going to literally come here. I mean, again, small country. They can actually do that. Most teams are all uh, are in Montevideo. There, you know, there's probably two teams outside yeah. that city. However, they do go it that really extra mile. It really is one city in that country. Yeah, they do, <laughs> it, there, there is. You could call it Montevideo. They, I'm just they, kidding to our Uruguayan listeners. They go that extra mile to to bring those players in and say, look, we we want to be a part of your footballing experience from the get-go. And that's why Oscar Tabarras, when these guys come up here, they're ready to go. And it's also why you probably don't see a ton of changeover. Because he knows the way he wants to play. You either make it into that way or you don't. Uruguay was struggling a bit as a country, I think, in like was it the, the 90s. And they weren't really making World Cups. And then they started getting back in there. And then they started succeeding. And then That's when Oscar Tabarras came back. Yeah, and they, they have a system in place now where it is creating talent at a rapid pace where they're making semifinals of World Cups, yeah. as they did in 2010, where they made a quarterfinal in 2018. And the talent comes through the youth ranks. 
So let's focus here on Brian Rodriguez a little bit. Uh, Diego Rossi, obviously, has been a huge success, and he hit the ground running. He's yep. played almost every minute of every game since becoming LAFC player. And I remember we talked to Bob Bradley about it. I go, And I even asked him the question, oh, this is a young kid. Don't you want to break him in easy? I go, yes. And paraphrasing here, I said, in Peñarol, you might not be that featured player, but here with what we've invested in you, you are. And this is a place where you can really excel. And we're kind of saying the same thing about Brian Rodriguez as he arrives. I mean, he may not, he wasn't a featured player at Peña nope. at all, but here with that, they're going to bring him along easy so he can get in there. But I think with a, a guy like that who comes in, who wants to play, and he's going to, like every other LAFC player, they come in here and they feel the, the, the electricity of this place. He's going to want to feature and he'll get a chance. And we should mention Christian Ramirez uh, traded in part of all this transfer window. And I reached out to Christian, said thank you. And he's, he's a lovely guy. I wish him all the best. And hopefully he can really stick there for Houston and get the goals. It's disappointing because he's leaving his hometown. But he's certainly, it's, it's, a strange, it's a strange business. That is for sure. But there might be some opportunities there quicker, that sooner than later for a guy like Brian Rodriguez. But if you look at the Diego Rossi model, Brian Rodriguez follows it. He's, I, you would imagine, and not to say they're the same player, he's going to come in here hoping to find a spot. And from what we heard, and we'll talk to Will about it, he can play in a couple spots wherever there is needed. And that makes the flexibility makes him very valuable. It makes me smile because I'm, I'm very excited to see yeah. what he can bring. And I'm very excited to see how it it does move the team around a little bit. Look, Adama Diomande has been very good lately. And I, I don't think it's any uh, coincidence that it's been with the, the whispers and rumors of bringing in another player. But <laughs> Uh, if you've got those three guys firing, and if he's pushing those guys, they they do have the chance to bring him along slowly. But yeah, if any time a, a guy and his a teenager can break through at Peñarol, that's already a, a milestone in in its own because they got guys like Christian Rodriguez, Walter Gargano. These are these are big names in in Uruguay, and he he made that jump. So that's why whenever we ask when people ask about like Diego last season, they're like man, have you ever seen a guy like this poised? And, and Bob's like. Have you? Can you imagine some of the games he's played for Peñarol and with guys that are, are big name talents that have like Walter Gargano, who's gone to like Inter, gone to big places to come back now. There, there's no fire that has gone out in Walter Gargano. He's going to push you, and he's going to be brutally honest with these players. He doesn't care if you're 16 or 36, and so just making that on its own is is a big thing. But Brian Rodriguez has the talent to play at any position up up front. That's I think, huge. I think that's huge because we're we're looking at left, middle, right. Yeah, because it, it drives and, me and crazy. Some of the players who are there, I mean, we've seen Vela move to the middle in a bit of a role. We've seen Diego potentially go there as well. Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest about what these things are, and we this is it, it's a learning experience, I think, for all of us, and it's one that I've had to embrace too, even with a a level of knowledge that I already came into with. Is look, the positions are literally just starting points. They. What's more, Say that again. The, the positions are just starting points. Put that, write that down if you're at home, because that'll give you a better understanding of how LAFC and Bob Bradley formed this team, and to not get caught up into the traditional ways, a number six or a number nine plays. Yeah. All right. Carry I mean, on. look, Bob. Yesterday, the positions are just. Say it again. Just starting points. Position or just starting. Just points. starting points. I'm writing that down. Bob yesterday got was chatting with me about something because I. Yeah, I, really I am. I talked uh, online a little bit about something, and he's, he was like, what are, you, what are you getting into online? And I said, well, people were talking about what a true number nine is. And he said, yeah. and he goes, I don't even know what a true number nine is. And he's being, true. he's being honest because what he's saying is this. A number nine can play in a, a, a bunch of different fashions. There's no such thing as an uh, instinctive striker, a true number nine. It's all about the way you function in, in the form of the team and the game model. So for our guys, we have a front three that 
we would like to actually be much more fluid and move. So as long as they're filling in areas and spacing the team in a proper way, Carlos Vela is going to pop up as a number nine. Sometimes Diego Rossi is going to pop up as number nine. Sometimes Adama Diamande is out wide left. Sometimes, you know, so Brian Rodriguez gives you that. You know, you do have some guys like, you know, let's touch back on Christian a little bit. He was working very hard to try to be a part of that mix. There was times where he would spread out wide, and I always, for as much as people wanted to say, yeah, but he's not scoring goals, I would compliment him. I go, but he's working very hard to be fluid, which is not his game. His game is, I want to get on the final pass, and I want to bury that. That might have taken... The ability to be fluid might have taken away from it. Something that Taylor Twoman brought with us. Rhythm player. Needs to be in the rhythm. Needs to be getting those passes. Needs to be getting those chances. But when we ask him, hey, pull out wide. Help here. Open space there. Now he's doing things where he can't get... Once he gets on the end, he's not... His focus isn't the same. Brian Rodriguez is the player that fits into that mold where he can move across the front line. And I just... For all those people that are like, I still want a true number nine. Wipe that. First of all, don't say true anything. True number six, true number nine. Wipe that from your from your vocabulary, but just watch and be excited. Like spend a game maybe just watching the three. Yeah, how they move <laughs> off each other. A true number nine, I think when people imagine it is a guy who's a target. You get some crosses in and LFC crosses, but the ball is rarely airborne. It's not really that we don't cross from our. We don't have wingers, <laughs> right? They're they're they in, cut in. They're out. They're wide forwards. And you think of the field and these guys buzzing around, and I, I can already see it with my eyes, and it's going to be like a high-paced tennis match because of those pieces moving in and working hard to find the open thing and breaking down defenses. And with this kind of talent, especially as he moves on, and again, I love the fact that it's a long-term play. It's something, and, and that's hard to do when you're, there's pressure, general manager. There's pressure for Bob Bradley. If they have a bad patch, there's so much invested on this team that if it goes well, that you know, this things here are going to get a little bit hot. They are going to get hot because LAFC is expected to be amongst those top teams as it is right now. And for these, the the piece, the people in, in power to do that for a long term play takes amazing uh, confidence in the system, and it pays off because they pay it back in, in in scores because you know you want the quick fix. This club has never had the quick fix. I know it's a new team, but it's even this close to the championship. They might be getting the quick fix, but it's never there. Hey, we have this hole here. We're going to fill it in with somebody that's known quantity to score goals or known to stop shots. This is how it is. And there's this freedom. And it's, it, the good part is that it's all feeding back into the system and more success has come. Yeah, and I think Will could speak to it even more than we can. They they have a trust in each other. So Bob trusts them to to basically bring talent to him to, to have an eye on it. And he trusts them to find the type of players that he wants. So, you know, one of the biggest things that, uh, happens in clubs is you have a head coach that speaks one way and he says, I want this, I want this. And then the the top guys take in that information and they don't find that guy. There's all, there's a breakdown in language. You know, it's, it's very easy to say you want this kind of player, but you actually mean this kind of player. And it seems like these guys are on the actual same page to the point where like they can almost read what each other, other wants. Yeah. But beyond that, there's a trust in Bob Bradley and he has a now a track record in just one and a half seasons of, we will give you a guy with raw talents that you like we trust you that you will make him better. Latif Blessing, Mark Anthony K, uh, Edward Atuesta. I mean, even even the bigger guys. Diego Rossi's been better. Carlos Vela's done different things than he's ever even done. the older guys. Yeah. Jordan Harvey. Jordan That's Harvey. I mean, Stephen Betashore. Jordan Harvey, when he arrived, probably thought the end was near. And now he is a team of the week left back last week. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I did a 
piece just on on Tristan Blackman just recently and his Better. his ability to come from from a, a rookie season where even he said he wasn't sure where he stood with this team until now he feels very confident he's been fantastic in his last few games and it's just it just shows you and and Bob says it over and over again and it's not just him saying it these guys want to be coached they want to be challenged any any coach that walks in and, and wants to just say that again these, these, these players want to be coached. Coach. They, they want to be, be challenged. challenged. If you are a head coach in a professional league, uh, especially MLS, look, now premiership might be different, but even Pep Guardiola, I think, would say that this is the way he does it. You can't just walk in and talk tactics. You need to talk to these guys about how they can improve passing to the right foot, how they can improve hitting timing, how they can do that. Because if you're not, you're you're doing a disservice to your team. Vince LaRosa, ladies and gentlemen, what a resource. I mean, he doesn't waste words. The guy knows what he's talking about. And he has a very keen eye for everything LAFC is doing. All right, we'll get more about. Do you want to say something? I was going to say, I've, I've are you begged, listening to the applause? I've begged, borrowed, and stolen everything from everyone <laughs> around me. Me it's too. All, it's all these talented people. I just get the mouthpiece. Me too. I Except just have for my goal calls. Those yeah. are mine. And, and your my, references to uh, "Don't tell mom and babysit." <laughs> Will Walsh will appreciate never, that I brought that in. I have never had a better received. I used to be on Sports Air, and I'd like a home run, and I'd go. The dishes are done, man. And I'd get tweets going, Dab, don't tell mom. People must have loved that movie. I loved that movie when I was I loved kid. it too. By the way, uh, have, you watched, have you watched um, The Boys on Amazon? Fantastic. So good. And Elizabeth Shoes in it. She's fantastic. I'm five episodes in. Incredible. What a breath of fresh air for a TV show. A new series to binge. Come to us for the transfer talk. Yeah. Get some little... Uh, yeah. Over the top TV talk because Amazon's been struggling with its shows. Let's be honest. That no, one and this was a big expensive banged. show. Yeah, they brought it back big time. All right, let's talk about Diego Palacios. This was kind of at the wire, right? We'll ask Will about it that. Definitely was at the wire. at the wire. We knew they needed a fullback because of the injury to Mohamed El Monir. We heard he might be. He's training. He'll be closer, but you can't really risk that. So to get a quality fullback, certainly a long term play. Again, he's twenty years old from Ecuador. You know what I love about this? This is completely inaccurate. Do not take this for face value. But I'm going to say LAFC 2, Barcelona 0. Remember the Carlos Vela? True. Stayed here. Diego Palacios, they wanted him to be the Barcelona B. B, left back. Take that, Barca. I want Will to Take ha- that, Messi. Will hopefully can hash out the story and what exactly Maybe we can get you're talking right about. To the yeah, really liar. right to it. My, my thing is this. When I had first heard it, I, I was surprised because... To be honest, when clubs, and this is clubs anywhere around the world, but when clubs get contacted and then they say, yeah, we've got a deal. And then Barcelona calls after and says, hey, uh, what's going on? We got something else for you. Usually the clubs stop taking the, yeah. oh, we're good. the LFC phone call where you're we like, hey, I thought we had a, I thought we had a deal. They're like, uh, no, he, yeah, but that's, he's so, gone. That speaks volumes of what the club's doing, right? And hopefully Will can talk, talk about this. That says that LAFC is an international brand and players and agents and clubs are saying this is a pathway, mm-hmm. right? And this is a player that had well, a, not just a pathway. This is a destination. Yeah, and this is a big time player. He's a guy that had not only a great World Cup, not unlike Brian Rodriguez, um, but he actually did went had to travel, went to uh, went to Holland, played for Willem Willem Willem's Fay Willem's Willem's Fay. So you could say Willem too, but talk to my Dutch friends. Willem's Fay is how you pr- pronounce it. No, See, it's not just Latin Spanish names. No association to Willem Dafoe or Shreki Deutsch. <laughs> What's your favorite second? Look, it's just the two Shrek. of us in here, guys. We gotta do, we gotta do this. By no, ourselves. we have a full we audience, and they're laughing. We yeah. just have the laugh track yeah. off. 
Uh, but no, wait. he he's gone and, and was probably one of the better full. I mean, th- here's the thing about the Dutch league: there's two, possibly three teams, but there's really two: Ajax, PSV, PSV, PSV Eindhoven. Um, Go they ahead, are the, Eagles. They are head, like not even head and shoulders. They're literally blasting off into the stratosphere. It used to and be then Feyenoord, but they've got Feyenoord's kind of fallen off a little bit. So there, there's a lot of talent, high end talent. Then there's a lot of teams that have guys that aren't so good, and maybe every once in a while there's a gem. This guy was one of those gems that played for one of those lower teams and was legitimately in the Eredivisie one of the better left backs. I'm pumping my fist if you, for those just listening to the ta- audio. We talked to Bob Riley yesterday, and, and he, I don't know, he might be upset if I say this, but he said it, and it's on tape. I asked him, "Could you, could we, could you give me like Dread an analog? Could you give me an analog of somebody who he's like?" He said, "Marcelo, Real Madrid." He said, "In ways, he has ways of going forward similar to Marcelo." Look, what if no he said one, Roberto Carlos? I mean, I mean that'd be fantastic. <laughs> That's like Marcelo's one rung below, really. Yeah, I mean Marcelo. He said he 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 did you know brace it by saying this. Look, no one touches Marcelo in terms of going forward. I mean, he's the absolute gold standard but he sees some things in the way that he can get forward and the way that he can recover after going forward that that gives him the idea that that might be the player that if he was going to tell him who who should I be like who should I be looking at Marcelo not just a left back other positions kind of like what Brian Rodriguez do can you, you think we I think you could probably right, we'll ask Will too about that he but. probably could by the way remember all those summer tournaments everyone got caught up for, for good reason, the Women's World Cup, the Gold Cup, the Copa America, the African Cup of Nations. Congratulations, Algeria. We should have been watching the under-20s a little bit more. I, <laughs> I did a little bit because I, I watched you, the USA games. It was on every day we were in here. And Ecuador was fan. Ecuador knocked out the U.S., yes. right? I remember. Yeah, I, I can't remember watching Palacios too much. I should have focused a little. I should have known better. Well, see, that just goes to show you. We're, we're looking at forwards. But Ecuador was the best South American team there. Yeah, absolutely. They took third. This is no accident. This is, uh, you know, there was, you know, Uruguay, and we know the, the, the prowess of Argentina and Brazil and Ecuador up the pecking order when under 20s, which is a big competition because look at all the players that are coming out of it. And LAFC, Minnesota got an under 20 player from Uruguay, played there, Thomas Chacon. That was a, a feeding frenzy. That tournament was a real showcase piece for this league. Was, and it was for Europe, but this yeah. league. And Will can speak to it. These are guys that they'd identified, and then they get to see them in a high leverage, high, you wow. know, high gravy tournament setting and so then they say well this is a guy we already like and then when they succeed it's like okay that's that's the one that's the one we're going for so yeah the u20s we should have paid next time yeah next time and under 17s were on it all right so there we go we'll get will Koontz in here we'll talk about those two players and where they fit the transfer market uh, providing so much wonderful fruit for us to dig into and we're doing that here on inside lafc a reminder to subscribe leave comments we're giving you guests we're giving you guests on a regular basis. Uh, we were traveling a bit, but um, back, I, I see no interruptions for August, September. I really don't see any interruptions for the remainder of the year. So let's party. We'll have Will Koontz when we return. Welcome back to Inside LAFC. We're going three wide. As we tell you, we always bring guests. We bring the biggest guests. Did you make a NASCAR Literally reference? the biggest guests. You're the tallest member of our, uh, our LAFC staff, you'd have to be. Will Kuntz, who is our assistant GM, VP of Soccer Ops. How tall are you? Uh, two meters. Six, six. Two me- meters? You've got to go metric. It's I know. A you've, game. you've been traveling too much, haven't you? <laughs> what do you weigh? A stone and two? <laughs> what? Can I just tell you, speaking of transfers, so this week, 
like you guys have been everywhere, John, yourself everywhere. But there was a day this week where you were like on the phone like the whole time and I'm like trying to trying to work, but also trying to like, I want to listen like a little bit. And I'm, and I'm just, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, Ooh, the conversations it's, it's, it's getting heated. I'm like, I'm going to just kind of shut off. But I, I just couldn't imagine being like, literally you had the phone glued to your head for a solid three hours. It's that time of year, you know, that's the way it goes when you're trying to get stuff done and across multiple countries with multiple actors. Wow. And you got stuff done. So this is, we want to try and get into the process here, the market coming down, winding down, and both signings that came to LAFC, uh, Diego Palacios, which was at The Wire, correct? Yep. At The Wire, we'll talk about that. And Brian Rodriguez, who there was talk about it, but yet to dot the I's, cross the T's, and was able to do it. Where does this, I mean, how long have these guys more or less been on the radar? Where, I mean, how does that begin? I know we, we've talked about the scouting here with Juan Pablo and Victor, and that feeds into it, but how does that, how does that interest develop for a certain player? So these are both guys that are, pretty prominent in their respective countries. And so we obviously have a very good relationship and uh, read on payroll from our time dealing with them and getting Diego here. Uh, Diego Rossi, first Diego, we get to. Wait, Maradona's coming up. <laughs> and, you know, Ecuador is a national team that's tr- tr- produced a tremendous amount of talent over the years. And so we ha- we always try to make sure that we, we know who is next in in markets in South and Central America because typically those tend to be the, the best price points and, and are really talent abundant. And so we had some visibility on these guys ahead of the U-20 World Cup. But one of the things that we did when the World Cup started is we have a weekly scouting meeting with a bunch of different people here. And we basically divided the World Cup into different teams. And so you might get a group of four teams. And we had all our scouts watch a group We'd come back together at the end of the group stage and say, hey, here are some guys from each of our teams. So you threw the, you threw the, the net with, like, we, even if we're watching Ecuador, we keep an eye on Korea, keep an eye on Senegal. Those, maybe those you see Senegal, some. Colombia, uh, New Zealand games were, wow. were watched. Yeah, It's very thorough. Yeah, you got to be. Well, we said it was on. Oh, uh, Will, back many years ago, MLS did not resonate. I, I, I could say that convincingly because it, it didn't and I think LAFC is probably becoming a global brand along with some of these big European clubs do you get the feeling when or do you see that where ears prick up when clubs or agents or players hear LAFC they 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 know what that club's all about so I definitely think there's starting to be some more awareness we have a really small sample size but good case study in Peñarol you know we did a deal uh, two years ago for Diego with them and so when we call now they've seen sort of Diego's progress. They are aware of the fact that there's interest now from abroad. And so that, I think, gives them a little bit of a higher comfort level when it comes to making these deals. In the case of Eddie Segura, who we got from Atletico Huila this past offseason, not this transfer, no, but over the winter, I think Edward Atuesta's success helped give them some confidence that this is a place that you can have a young player go and continue to develop. And I think when we look at the greater picture, you know, there's that blue chip crop of players that's always going to go right away to Brazil or from Brazil, Argentina, they're going to go to Europe, you know, Real Madrid, Manchester United for huge, huge sums of money, you know, 80 million euros plus. MLS is realistically not going to be able to compete with, with those clubs, but there is a sort of next class down, a player who maybe historically would have gone to a Porto or Sporting in Portugal, wow. Eindhoven, Ajax, the Netherlands, you know, gank some clubs in Belgium. If we can start playing in those waters and being clubs that uh, teams in South America look at and say, hey, you know what? If I'm keeping 25% sell-on of, a, of the next transfer value, 
I feel pretty good about this guy going to MLS or, you know, hopefully they say LAFC in particular. I think they would. That's, that's the hope. <laughs> well, I found that that's really interesting because I was gonna, that was what I was just going to ask you. Do you feel that that's the pro, with the proliferation of keeping a little bit of a percentage? It seems like that wasn't the type of deals that MLS was doing before. So this is where they're, they keep a 25%. So they okay. keep 25% of the net transfer. So basically you get, you know, if you, if you pay five, you get five back and then the split applies to every dollar over that. So, you know, before I came to MLS or LAFC, I was working at the MLS league office. And so you'd see a lot of these deals that would have future sell-ons, but what wouldn't happen is we, as a league, weren't really selling guys on. And so part of what enabled our ownership group to feel comfortable with our plan uh, that John and I presented, and this is all credit to our ownership, is that they they sort of look at these investments as just that, investments, right? It's not uh, a guy at the end of his career coming here to finish. It's a guy that we think has real European potential who is going to sort of increase his value, continue his development in a very positive way while they're here. And so part of our strategy is, that, in fact, to sell guys onto Europe and demonstrate to the rest of the world, both in Europe and South America, that it's something we can do. Well, Will, that's not a minor comment you just made. I mean, that's a game changer, and it would it would provide, you know, a look, if it works for Miguel Almiron and they come here, or if it works for, I don't know anything about anything, but if it works for Diego Rossi one day or Brian Rodriguez, that's a pathway that I think more and more clubs, because you're coming to a first-class organization. You're coming to think where all the resources are at your fingertips. You're getting good coaching. So why not LAFC as opposed to Porto or a team in Mexico? For sure. And I think I think one of the great advantages that we offer in LA in particular, but also in the United States, it's a different culture from what you might be used to in South or Central America, but it's not so different as going to Europe. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I went to Manchester. Right. And you look around, you're like, this is a, a you know, post post-industrial revolution <laughs> New England town, you know, with, with low brick buildings. We love Manchester, guys. but it's weird. Great, yeah, great town. Love the spinning great, fields. Great football. Fields. For all the great music. two listeners from Manchester <laughs> we love, that we might have. We love New Order. <laughs> but yeah, I think we offer, uh, it's a culture that's different, but still, you know, has, uh, it's very, you know, how many million Spanish-speaking people here. It's, it's almost like a great finishing school for some of these guys. It's a good competitive environment, um, but not necessarily sink or swim in the way you might have in Europe, where you, if it doesn't work for you in the first six months, you might be sort of out of it. So you have a little more time to develop here. And I think it's actually, it's very beneficial for the South American clubs, um, and it's great for us as well. A lot of happy people. Yeah. You mentioned the scouting. A quick thought about the job that Juan Pablo, I mean, we've heard it from John, Juan Pablo Angel Victor de los Santos does to make your job not easier, but make it. They make it so much easier. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, they're in Uruguay. They're, you mentioned the Colombian players. Is it really that net all over South I mean, South America where they come to you without saying names? We see some guy here or some guy in Chile or some guy in Venezuela. So there's there's a couple things. One, there's certainly that. We, we believe in both of their ability, their abilities to recognize talent, which is, you know, when you're talking about scouting, that's, you know, first and foremost the, the chief requis, uh, prerequisite. But then another big thing that is also incredibly important, especially in our league where every dollar gets – uh, applied against every dollar you spend sort of counts against a cap in one way or another is the ability to go and make an introduction directly to a club be it a club president or a technical staff you get better information from your guys on the ground and then when it comes time for the negotiation if you know that you can deal directly with the club president or the club owner and instead of having to deal with an intermediary you can know that you're getting you're not getting fleeced um, <laughs> or if you are getting fleeced it's the yeah, owner it's gonna come from the top yeah. well we're gonna want you to to tell a little bit of the Barcelona story because that's a lot floating around this with Diego Palacios. But before you get to that, 
you you mentioned another thing I wanted to bring up was the fact that now that you're doing these deals and Pennyroll obviously knows who we are now, mm-hmm. but the ability to get directly to the source and not go through an intermediary is LAFC now. Do you find uh, over the f- couple of transfer windows you've done that like you can get phone calls and get with people that now know us and know who we are to the point where it's like we're another club in the in the game? Yeah, I, I think we're getting there. Uh, I think it'd be a little hubristic to say we've we've arrived, but just as an example, not a little bit apples to oranges. I had a friend from New York where I'm from who was in Medellin recently and was wearing our road jersey down there. And he said he got mobbed everywhere uh, he I don't, went. I don't doubt that People at all. were coming up to him. Uh, I was just at a- Make sure if we go to Columbia or anywhere, pack your LAFC gear. Yeah, right. get the hat going, get the jersey rocking. Um, same thing, I have a friend from London who was in town recently and he said that he's a you know, mate in London now. Everybody's, the LA is popping up. You know, He was the first one to have uh, the hat rocking two years. He was actually, I was out with him at a pub in London when uh, we did the Diego Rossi deal. He got, went right through the velvet ropes. Huh? <laughs> oh, that guy right there. Yeah, here's some, here's some drink tickets. So we we did the Diego. I I was on a. I'd had to leave the pub to go outside and talk to to John and our ownership to break down how Rossi's money would work. And then uh, when he showed up this past weekend at this bachelor party, it was right when we were getting the Rodriguez deals finalized. So I I kind of called him the Uruguayan closer. But uh, good luck, John. Yeah, right. Let's talk about the bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> give us give us a lowdown on that. But uh, now, if you could, <laughs> no, you're, you're off the hook. You do not have, unless you really want to. No, uh, but Diego Palacios, Barcelona. Mm -hmm. I told you before we started, one of the cool things I kept seeing pop up was people say, I can't believe that my club, LAFC, is now being listed in the same sentence as Barcelona. So we have you here. I know there's probably plenty of stories flying around of how it happened, everything. Can you give us a lowdown on exactly how Barcelona plays into this story with Diego Palacios? Yeah, so it's... uh it's, it's totally crazy. It's actually give you a pretty good flavor of how some of these deals get done. All so right. Oh, right. Get a, comfortable. <laughs> we had a local contact down in uh, Ecuador who was in Quito, and he had been helping connect us to some people who were working with the club. And initially, we thought about doing this as a loan for five months because we knew he was very expensive. Again, he, he popped out during the U-20 World Cup. And you know it's serious when Bob comes in, and Bob somehow watches every single game everywhere <laughs> in the world at the same time. But Bob comes in and says, you know, that Palacios, is, he's, he's good. And, uh, Which yeah. is the highest form of praise from Bob. <laughs> it does I've, not get any better. I've never no. heard it. does not <laughs> get any better. Usually it's, it's what is it? It's, uh, he's just guy, trying to say that about Vela now. He's good, then he got interesting, and then he's got something. Yep. Uh, and that's basically it. And yeah. It's sort of one of those <laughs> three. Uh, and uh, so we, we'd had some, he was on our radar, and then we sort of said, hey, as we were considering what we might do to strengthen left back during the window, our club down there, our contact down there in, in Quito was talking to the club. And then on, uh, we'd initially floated a loan concept and they said, no, the, you know, the player's going to go on loan. He's got an offer right now from Barcelona. And our, you know, John and our owners were like, Barcelona in Ecuador? Because there's a club down there that's Barcelona. Said, no, 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 like the Catalans. And uh, so we tried to get this loan deal done. Uh, they told us, no, we couldn't do it on loan. Then we made a transfer offer of $4 million. They said no to that. This was on uh, Tuesday night. So the window's closing, you know, 5 o'clock. Pacific time on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday morning, I check back in with the contact. Hey, guys, just to be clear, $4 million, you're turning this down. Yeah, it's dead. That's when I leave Santa Monica at 6.30. I get here about 7. And John, That's pretty good for half an hour from Santa Monica to Alhambra. If you leave early. Well, you leave at 6.30 in the morning. You leave at 6.30 in the doesn't morning. Matter. You go doesn't east. matter. Max I'm hasn't seen 6.30 in the morning in a long time. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> not, not on the way to work anyway. On the way back home, baby. That's, that's, that's something else. Um, so by the time I get here, we have an email from a random Dutch agent who has sent us names before, 
and says, hey, I heard you guys had some interest in Palacios. So John forwards me the email and I respond to him and said, you know, we, we did as evidenced by the $4 million offer that was rejected. Um, and within 10 minutes, maybe, our contact hits me on WhatsApp and says, hey, the deal's back on. And shortly after that, we say, okay, can you, we're on a very tight timetable here, can we actually get put in touch with the, the president of the club in Ecuador, who happens to be an American Ecuadorian who is in Boston for his daughter's graduation from, from her master's program. And he says, I was on the plane all day yesterday. I never turned down $4 million. Let's go. And so now it's about 8.15. And John and I are like, oh, why not? Let's, let's get it cracking. But the player was actually in Barcelona waiting to get the deal done uh, you know, to play for Barcelona B. And so the player and the agent are in Barcelona. Our Dutch friend is in Barcelona. We got a guy in Quito. We got the owner of the Ecuadorian club who's in Boston. And we're all sort of just blowing up the WhatsApp all day long. We got a guy in Quito. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So the four greatest greatest words you can say. I got got a guy. I got a guy in Quito. I've heard you say that numerous times. I'm not going to lie. It's always always the coolest thing. Like I just hear it in the background. John's like, hey, I need someone. You got somebody here. And and we'll just go. I got a guy in Tunis. I got got a guy. And I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever. Four greatest words you can say in I got a guy. Um, and then it was just an all hands on deck sprint. And, and so the way our contracts work, everything gets drafted by the league. So you got to go to the league office and get these terms prepped. And then, you know, they say, okay, great. But it has to stay in sort of a, a draft version with draft on it until we get a copy of the player's passport and, you know, agent mandate and all these different things. So we're trying to, we're on the hustle trying to make sure we can get all this stuff in because once you get the, the documents signed, that's just the beginning. You got to make sure you can get the player's uh, registration in or at least your instructions into the FIFA's, it's called the TMS, Transfer Management System, or Transfer Matching System, one of those. But basically, you got to get that stuff in. And so we're on this big-time hustle. And literally, I think we got the paperwork into U.S. Soccer at 4.58 or 4.59 with the window closing or with our with our deadline at 5 to get everything in. So, And then uh, yesterday, we get uh, our director of Coaching Education the Academy, uh, Enrique Duran, comes from Barcelona. He was at La Masia. And he comes in and he says, hey, I just got a call from my guys at Barca B. The coach there, he's really upset. We just took his left back. You know, his, his, he thought he was going to have this, you know, Chiqui Palacios to work with, who's going to be fantastic, and he's super upset. And so we just said, he joked him. He said, "Listen, you, you got to tell Barcelona they can't go running with the big boys." Yeah, because they don't have a guy in Quito. <laughs> uh, don't Chiqui Chiqui goes that Chiqui. That's good. So we don't have two Diegos. I love Otherwise. it. I, love, bro- I, love, I can't wait to broadcast that and say that. Well, I just love it. We had, so we had John to start the window. John came and like set the table for us, and then you come in <laughs> right. as the closer, and you're yeah. like, this is what we did. We slammed the door shut on yeah. Barcelona. Yeah. And John didn't have these great one-liners either, so we love John. <laughs> hey, uh, real- John is going to take offense to that. All right, I know. I know. Sorry, John. I was just kidding. This guy's a ham and egger. I'm, you're the- All right, so uh, we were talking a bit in the last segment. Tell us about Brian Rodriguez, where the club sees him. As, as much as you can, and also Chiqui Palacios, where are these guys, what what positions they could play? I mean, you mentioned a left back, but how fl- I know flexibility is, and as you pointed out, the positions are just a starting point for LAFC right. players. It's a beautiful quote. That sounds Vince. pretty good. You know, put that up there for Bob. Too. I know. It I'll, make, be, I'll make sure it gets back to Bob. Yeah, that, so starting with Brian, where do you see him then tell us about Chiqui? Well, you know, Brian, obviously a wide attacker. We look at him as somebody who can probably play anywhere across our front three. Uh, you know, very dynamic, very skillful very good at taking guys on the dribble going in both directions and so when we look at Brian we see a natural fit in so many different ways for any of our front three positions you know and if you think about the way we do things now with Diego and Carlos we're oftentimes you know 
Carlos will start in the right, but during the game they'll flip, they'll invert. Uh, you know, Dio can do that too. He can move out wide. And so we look at uh, Brian as the guy who has that ability to play in all three spots and be dangerous in all three spots. And so that's incredibly valuable. And so we don't look at him as replacing anybody so much as just being another, you know, a, a fourth head in that attacking dragon that we have now. And so to bring a guy like that in, you know, if you think about it, you got uh, Dio, Carlos, Diego, Brian. One of those guys is likely to, you know, come in off the bench in certain games and bringing in any one of those four guys is going to have a huge impact and, and change a game. And Palacios? Palacios, uh, again, you know, he was a major target for, for Barcelona. I mean, he's explosive, dynamic. He's a hard competitor. Uh, you know, he fits so many of the things that we ask our fullbacks to do. And, you know, Jordan Harvey has been, I think, a revelation in what he's been able to do this year. But Jordan's almost my age, which is uh, not as not, not a good thing anymore. Uh, but, you know, when we think about what the future can look like and ways we can you know, uh, bolster our roster now, he was another no-brainer. Um, and again, a guy who, who Bob comes in and says he's got something. Uh, he's good. He's good. He's it's, good. Uh, What's a direct quote? <laughs> it's, do you see Palacios a left back? I mean, Jordan's a left back sometimes in pop, but do you see Palacios as exclusively a left back? I, mean, I think that's where we would see uh, him uh, playing now. Okay. Again, you know, if, he, if you talk about playing him somewhere else, then... It means, I mean, just, it's it's a you know I'll, I'll touch wood champagne problems, but to unseat anybody in our front three or our midfield three is is a high bar. Good to point. Clear. Good so, point. And and I uh, will say, uh, supplanting Jordan's a high bar to clear as well. Yeah. So it's not that he comes in team of the week. Jordan Harvey. Team of the week. Jordan Harvey. Ageless. Uh, yeah. Ageless engine. Jordan yeah. Harvey. We got big plans for Jordan here at LAFC. <laughs> Beyond playing. Oh, there you go. That's, I mean. I have nothing to add. We I don't know. I knocked would, it out of the park. Your answers were so comprehensive that we're gonna have to have him on again sometime. See, you guys, you guys do this, and you know that you're gonna have to come on again sometime. Yeah, it's it's. Listen, but, you can actually hear the bottom of the barrel being scraped. No, for guests, not, no, so nope, that's, no, no. I told the, I, and this kind of came when we were in Orlando. And I spoke to you. I go, Will is an absolute delight to talk to. He will. He's his information is free. He's. Yeah, uh, he's so engaging, and that's what I thought. That's what I thought. So you're going to be back. <laughs> Keep in mind who the host. We're, we're going to get you I in trouble on this podcast. A hamburger at eleven o'clock, which is the only type of thing you do when you're hungover. But I, I appreciate it. That's it's a, impossible <laughs> not to drink out there. You go and you're trying to sneak. Okay, there's a Hilton Hotel, then there's the Waldorf Astoria. You try and sneak in, and the bars there, and everyone's like, "Hey, and, darn it!" And I'll say this: the uh, you know the Diageo sponsorship that MLS has now means they're serving free liquor at these events which yes. is also a game changer yes yeah. and at the first day I showed up all the LAFC crew just showed up and I walked through the, the bar at the Waldorf and I go hey guys and I go, he ain't going anywhere I go alright that's what I wanted to hear I'm dead tired and I just landed but let's do it so there you go but you're great to talk to a wonderful it's a pleasure to be on and you'll be back here sooner than later with this kind of intel you guys hey what did you think about what MLS did in the transfer window I mean it's I think it's great I think it's, it's, do you remember anything as active as this in your, on your watch uh, during the summer Definitely not, you know, these types of players. I mean, even a guy like Thomas Chacon, that's a guy that we've looked at extensively, you know, who Minnesota brought in. I mean, we're getting, you know, the league as a whole is getting very good players at, at young ages, you know, guys on the rise, guys who've got future value. And I think it's not just LAFC. It's not just Atlanta United. It's now a league-wide movement, and it's really exciting. All right. Will Coons, everybody, if you see him, have a chit chat, talk about the bachelor party, any stuff we didn't touch on here. Uh, but there you go. So a lot of questions. And we know you have a ton of questions about the players that are coming in here. And I hope this will help to get the vision of what LAFC is doing. And you know what's going on. And this is 
this is a long-term play. That's the thing. This is a long-term play with these guys. I mean, we, everyone wants the quick fix in, in soccer. So we see that in so many leagues. This could be a quick fix. This could be a guy fix. But this is also something with a vision to next year, the year after that. Certainly. That's, you know, I go back to talking about Jordan. And it's you look at the results we've had with Jordan. It's, you can't say that we can't be the best team in the league with a guy like Jordan Harvey there. You can't say that we can't have a massive goal differential. So we're looking at this as just, uh, you know, we're bolstering an already strong deck, strong hand, and, and we think we can just get better. All right. Crazy it's, to think that these guys are going to have to literally play their way into the squad. Off. They're already thinking about 2023. They really oh, are. for sure. All right. Will Coons there. We'll see you next time. See you next week.